Welcome to this episode of the Structural Engineering Channel podcast, a podcast focused on helping structural engineering professionals stay up to date on technical trends in the field and also to help them succeed in their careers and lives. In this episode, we will be speaking with Richard Maloney. Rich is the discipline leader for bridges and structures at Mazer Consulting. And we're going to be talking about something pretty interesting, which is the design of amusement industry projects, specifically a couple of roller coasters that Rich and his team recently worked on. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Fasano. I am a licensed professional engineer who practiced as an engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book entitled Engineer Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers build their core or soft skills. And I'm your other host, Matthew Bicardle. I'm also a licensed engineer practicing structural engineering in California with an undergraduate degree from Cal Poly Pomona and a master's degree in structural engineering from UC San Diego. I also host the new YouTube channel, Structural Engineering Life which I'm focused on promoting the structural engineering profession to engineering students and young professionals that aren't too familiar with the industry perspective. Matt's becoming a YouTube sensation on his uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, it's been growing. <laughs> getting a lot of views there, Matt, which also means you're getting a lot of comments. So I know you're busy keeping up with that, but they look great. They do look great. And I'm happy that you're doing that. Thanks. So through this podcast, Matt and I really do plan to try to bring you information that can help you succeed in every one of our episodes. Now, before we get started with our guest for today, this is a free show and our sponsor helps us to keep it free. So we ask that you please support them. And now I'd like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, CSI. Computers and Structures, Inc. is recognized globally as the pioneering leader in software tools for structural and earthquake engineering. Software from CSI is used by thousands of engineering firms in over 160 countries for the design of major projects. CSI's software is backed by more than four decades of research and development, making it the trusted choice of sophisticated design professionals everywhere. Listen up later in the show where I will tell you more about their great software packages and how they can help you. We also want to give a shout out to the Structural Engineering Institute, SEI, of ASCE. SEI is a dynamic community of more than 30,000 members from around the world advancing and serving structural engineering while influencing change on broader issues that shape the entire civil engineering community. Gain technical, professional, and leadership experience by participating in your local SEI chapter or graduate student chapter at an SEI conference or through an SEI committee efforts. Yeah, and Matt and I will be visiting the SCI Structures Congress again, which will be in April, and we'll be doing some podcast interviews from there as well. So we look forward to meeting some of our listeners there. All right, now I'd like to introduce our guest for this episode, Rich Maloney. Rich has over 25 years of experience providing project management and engineering services to a wide variety of public and private clients, including government agencies and owners, operators of various facility types. He has particular expertise in structural design, incorporating conventional and unique steel, reinforced concrete, masonry, and timber structures and foundations. Additionally, he is responsible for interdiscipline coordination of architectural and mechanical, electrical, and plumbing aspects of projects. He has provided structural evaluation and expert witness services for various public and private clients. 
Rich manages a team of structural engineers who have experience in a diverse range of engineering disciplines that include expertise in bridge and transportation structures, having provided design services to state agencies, authorities, and numerous counties. Their building experience ranges from multiple-story office and educational facilities, retail and commercial structures, to public work facilities. Their waterfront structure experience extends from large platform and bulkhead installations to ferry terminals, piers, and mooring and berthing structures. And what we're going to focus on today, their amusement industry resume includes ride support engineering services for over 100 amusement rides in theme parks nationwide that include some of the world's tallest and fastest roller coaster and thrill rides, including five out of the top six roller coasters in Time Magazine's 2013 Top 10 roller coasters in the U.S. list. And one of the things that I'll mention before we jump in here is as we go through this interview with Rich, you're going to want to feel like you want to see these projects because we're talking about how dynamic some of these roller coasters are. And so we will definitely attach pictures in the show notes of this episode, which you can find at structuralengineeringchannel.com. So you can really get a feel for what we're talking about with Rich. With that, let's jump right into our interview with Rich Maloney. All right, now we are excited to welcome Rich Maloney to the Structural Engineering Channel podcast. Rich is the discipline leader for bridges and structures at Mazer Consulting. Rich, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So Rich, we're going to talk about the amusement industry and some interesting projects you've worked on at Great Adventure as of recently. But before we get into all that stuff, let's just start with you and your career. Give our listeners a little bit of a kind of a summary. What got you into structural engineering and how'd you get to where you are today? I guess coming out of high school, applying to college, I had to figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And as I went to fill out the college applications, I had to pick one of those, uh, the majors. And I kind of narrowed it down. I was good at math. And that kind of led me to pick the engineering box. And pretty much the rest has been history since then. I got into engineering. I did well in it. I mean, I always grew up being a gadget guy and stuff like that. So it kind of fit who I was and kind of just excelled at it through my career. Now, was it in college that you kind of shifted towards the structural side of it? I think I've always wanted to do the structural portion of things. In college, you go as a civil engineer, but you have to pick a major and there's traffic and wastewater and stuff like that. But I was always just drawn to structures and stuff that you could actually build and see and stuff like that. Before we dive into some of the recent roller coaster projects your team has worked on at Great Adventure, Let's talk about the amusement industry projects in general. Your team has a lot of experience with these, as we mentioned earlier in the introduction. What's different about these types of projects than other structural projects, if anything? Well, they're definitely a lot more exciting, and uh, they go over very well at college fairs. But, uh, I mean, they're cool to work on, and it helps just to know the semantics of the industry and the rides. A lot of them are like dynamic, load-driven and stuff like that. So it's very beneficial to have a a good knowledge of what the loads are and how they're affecting the structure. We design our portion of the ride at the foundations. We understand what to expect and how to interpret them and how to make sure that what we're designing is correct. And I would imagine that part of the reason that you've done so many of them is because of that experience. So when you go for future projects, you can kind of pitch them on that experience, correct? Exactly. I mean, I've been doing amusement stuff for over 25 years. And one of the things that really got us, I guess, to grow in the industry is basically word of mouth. 
mostly through like ride manufacturers. Just because we're very hands-on, we're very practical with our designs. An engineering decision can make a have a big impact on construction costs and things of that nature. And we just don't over-design just to over-design. We're very practical in what we're doing. We come up with what we think is the best, efficient, and safe solution. And we're very, we comprehend what the ride manufacturer's given us and have a very good relationship with them going back and forth throughout the design. Through the years, they've come to like us for that and have passed our name on us, let us just grow through the industry. Hey, Rich, I had a question also on that too. Like, So for structures, we usually work with architects and they have a vision that we try to, to make happen as building structural engineers, since that's what I'm mostly familiar with. What's kind of the design process for these types of roller coasters? Is it still working with, uh, I guess, a roller coaster architect? Well, typically the parks purchase a ride for their park. At that point, they'll get us involved. And our range of effort, is it varies from park to park. Say here in New Jersey, we're involved right from the very beginning on trying to make the ride fit with site, uh, coordinating with the ride manufacturer to make sure that the ride fits the existing structures and topography of the site, meets the current state standards and stuff like that. In other parks, they may have already figured that stuff out and they just bring us in to do the structural engineering once it's already been selected. But usually it's us, the park owner, and the ride manufacturer. So we've kind of become the local ride support engineer at that point. We usually don't bring in architects until we get into like some of the support structures, like a load, unload station, maintenance, storage building. So with a ride, it's usually engineered directly to the supplier, the ride manufacturer. So your role on these projects in general is, like you were saying before, the foundations when you see one of these roller coasters, every time you see a foundation or a pier in different locations, you're figuring the loads and designing those foundations. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. The park will buy a ride from a ride manufacturer who designs and has the ride fabricated, ships it to the park. We'll design all the local engineering. So the biggest part of that is the foundations for the ride. But then we also support the park with support structures. If there's tunnels or bridges involved, anything of that nature, queue structures, any other kind of local engineering. That's interesting because there's really no flexibility in terms of the ride. They buy the ride as is, and you kind of have to make it work and, and I guess design everything around how it's laid out, correct? Yes and no. Sometimes when they buy a ride, they get in early enough, they can buy a ride that can be customized to their site. They'll work with the ride manufacturer to have the elements and the layout of the ride customized to their park and their layout and their contours. Sometimes they just, they will buy a ride that's off the shelf and then you have to make the ride fit the park. So it does work both ways depending on where they fit into the design end of buying a ride. There was a couple of projects that you recently worked on at Great Adventure in New Jersey. And one of them is this Joker roller coaster. And I'm going to read just a couple sentences to set this up for the audience from the article that's on the, on the Mazer website. The Six Flags Great Adventure Joker Roller Coaster is a 4D free fly coaster, a totally new concept in roller coaster engineering, and it lifts riders straight up 12-story, 90-degree hill before flipping them head over heels at least six times along a weightless journey. Riders are strapped into rotating wing seats with no track above or below them as they experience leaps and dives along a horizontal plane as well as unexpected drops as they tumble from one level to the next. That sounds pretty nuts to me. Yes, absolutely. 
So take us through this one, Rich, in terms of, like you said before, when did you get involved in the process? Tell us a little bit about this project. I guess Six Flags decided to install one of these coasters at their New Jersey park, I believe it was two years ago. So they would bring us on in the probably the spring of the year before that they're purchasing this ride. The ride manufacturer would design the ride specifically for New Jersey. And kind of by midsummer, we'll start receiving uh, geotech information and loads and details from the manufacturer. And then we'll design foundation drawings and they'll start building the structure through the fall and then erect a ride through the winter and spring so they can get it open by the following May, June. This particular structure, like as you described, was definitely a unique structure. It's not your traditional ride on top of the rails, out and back roller coaster, but the cars are actually single cars, like you explained, that hang off the side of the rail. So there's actually four riders per car, two on each side of the track. And as you go along the track, these vehicles literally spin up and down based on the uh, gravity forces and the acceleration forces of the, the track itself. From our perspective, at the end of the day, it really came down to just another coaster where we had a bunch of columns. We had uh, load reactions provided from the manufacturer, and we just had to make sure that the structure could withstand all the loads, the live loads, the environmental loads. So at the end of the day, you have a safe structure. Take us through the the structural design of this a little bit. And, and what I mean by that is you're getting these loads from the ride manufacturer, and you'll take those loads into account. You'll do your designs. Your plans and specifications will be for those foundations, just as you know other structural projects. And I guess, Matt, for a building, you would kind of be getting some of these loads from the architects often and then taking them and doing your design, right? So it's pretty similar in that regard, I would think. Yeah, sometimes for us, there's different types of engineers. Sometimes like for, let's say, steel stairs and elevators, we get the loads from other engineers slash manufacturers. And yeah, we'll have to design the structure for those loads. What I'm getting at is, you know, something that I know it's not always great to talk about, but from a liability perspective is these loads, Rich, that you're going off of are basically from the manufacturer. And that's what the design is based upon, which I'm assuming is kind of in your specs and, and design, correct? Correct. The ride manufacturer will model the ride in a computer model for the various loads, dead load, then you get the live load of the car going around the track, but also seismic, uh, wind. And there's two kinds of winds they'll give us. They'll give us a storm event wind, but they'll also give us an operating wind. What's the fastest wind or the highest wind they will allow the coaster to operate at? So they'll give us an operating wind. And they also give us temperature forces of the coaster going through whether cold or hot uh, expansion and contraction of the steel. So they'll give us a breakout of all the loads for every column on the ride. And many of these coasters have over 100 columns. So basically, you'll get like a spreadsheet of just loads, various loads for all the columns. What we do is we develop the combinations based off the building codes, whether it's the IBC code, which is the International Building Code, or the ASCE7 code. And also, it's an ASTM for amusement rides, ASTM F2291. So we actually follow all three of those codes, put together the load combinations of all those codes, and develop our own spreadsheet off the manufacturer's spreadsheet to try to determine what are the worst load cases from each case. We try to narrow it down to like three, four, five, six maximum loads per column. Once we get those maximum load combinations, we'll put them into our design procedures to come up with the foundation sizes. And a lot of that's computerized. We have our own custom Excel spreadsheets for designs. We also use some uh, third-party programs that you purchase that we also use to supplement that design. 
basically that's it. And we just make sure the foundations can handle all the basic engineering concepts for foundation design, whether it's overturning, sliding, bearing. We also check internal stresses for like shear and bending. The one thing unique about roller coaster foundations or any amusement ride foundations is the crazy loads that are either uplift loads or lateral loads. Traditionally, with a building or a typical structure, what governs your design is the vertical download. With a roller coaster, per se, you could have uplift loads that far exceed the downward loads. You'll have very, very large lateral loads. So really, it's just a matter of designing a foundation that essentially just doesn't pull away or overturn. Really, it comes down to making sure we have enough concrete in the ground that when the coaster comes by and gives a tug on this foundation, that it's, it's not moving, that it's staying put. It meets all those free body safety factors for overturning, sliding, and bearing. What type of uh, foundations do you typically get for the uplift? Is it just piles or just a really heavy footing so it doesn't uplift? We do all kinds. It depends on the local site conditions and the geotech report, but it could be shallow spread foundations where we just pour more and more concrete to meet the uplift loads. But we've also done deep piles, timber piles, steel piles, caissons as well based on soil conditions. And then we'll have to rely on the uplift resistance of those piles to meet the uplift load. So there are all various kinds. They're all site specific. I guess another thing that um, kind of Anthony mentioned with the legality of it, are you guys still the structural engineer of record? I'm assuming if you are, then they'd need to stamp the actual roller coaster for that type of stuff. Well, we're the engineer of record for the foundation design. There is the ride manufacturer becomes the engineer record for the actual superstructure, which is typically the steel framing of a roller coaster. So, Rich, let's flip over to the other project. Now, you had another project that was this Zumanjaro Drop of Doom ride. Was it the same park, Great Adventure? Yes, it was. Tell us about that project. This goes all the way back to 2002, I believe. Six Flags installed what was called Kindaka, which is the world's tallest roller coaster. And a couple of years later, they had this huge tower that holds up the track. It tracks 456 feet tall. And the, all there is is a rail that goes up one side of this tower and down the other side. And one of the um, engineers at Six Flags, uh, Larry Chicola, was looking at the tower and said, you know, there's a lot of space in this tower. Maybe we could use that space for something else. He actually came up with the idea of doing a drop ride on the face of Kindaka and utilizing that 400-plus-foot tower to hold up a drop ride. So we got involved with Larry at that point in Six Flags, and they brought in the original ride manufacturer for Kindaka, which is the roller coaster. You'd almost have to. I'm not anybody else that could come in and take over a tower design from somebody else. They brought in the original tower manufacturer. They applied the new drop ride on the face of the tower, and did their updated analysis. We did support them with providing uh, as-built engineering of the existing tower and provided that information to the ride designer. And then what ended up happening is because they added structure to the tower, they increased the wind loads on the Kindergarten Tower. So then they had to add columns to reinforce the existing tower. So the ride manufacturer designed all the superstructure steel for that particular case. And then we as designed all the foundations for the new support towers for the column, provided the survey to tie the new columns and ride into the existing structure. At the end of the day, what they had was a new drop tower that they called Zoom and Draro Drop of Doom, which is actually, you see pictures of it, literally on the face of the tower that supports Kandika. 
Yeah, that's really cool. And there are some pictures on the Mazer Consulting website that we'll insert into this episode show notes page so you could see both of these rides to really get a feel for them. Rich, had you done something like this before where there was kind of an existing ride that had to be added onto or was this new for you? I believe this is the first time we've ever modified an existing ride, at least to this extent that I can recall. Yeah, it is really interesting. When you see the photos, you'll see how they literally put this drop ride right onto the side of the roller coaster structure, which is very interesting. Now, Rich, one other thing that I was just thinking about as you were talking there, in terms of structural engineers out there that are interested in amusement projects, in terms of like schooling and stuff, is it a regular structural engineering schooling and then you kind of learn these things on the job? I mean, it sounds like it's just a difference maybe in some of the loadings and stuff like that, not really any of the calcs or anything, right? Correct. It's just a regular structural engineering degree and the concepts. The only challenging part is just understanding the nature of the, the loads and the coasters themselves. But at the end of the day, it's really just basic structural engineering and the in and outs of the actual industry and the way they apply the loads can be taught to any competent structural engineer from an experienced person. So we bring in young people all the time. And it doesn't take a long time to really get them to the concepts of how to understand and apply the loads. But yeah, at the end of the day, it just boils down to traditional structural engineering. All right, Matt, you have anything else for uh, Rich before we jump into our uh, end segment here? I'd always wondered about, do they have to take into account any like the so they basically give you the dynamic loads, right? So any like vibrations and whatnot. I'm guessing the ride manufacturer has their engineer that takes all that into account. And you guys don't really have to deal with the um, vibrations of the structure and like dynamics. Like that stuff should be given to you by the manufacturer then, right? Correct. Yeah, they model the ride computer model. And they do consider all the dynamics and the load cycles and fatigue analysis of the steel itself, but that's all responsibility of the ride manufacturer. We literally just get the load reactions at the bottom of their columns, and we take that information and run with the foundation design. Interesting stuff there with Rich. We're going to come back with Rich in one second and just close this one out with our elastic modulus segment. Just a couple questions about Rich's career journey. Now it's time for our elastic modulus segment of the show. The elastic modulus is a quantity that measures an object or substance's resistance to being deformed elastically when a stress is applied to it. In this segment of the show, we typically ask our guests about a trying time in their career, whether it was a tough decision they had to make, maybe it was a opportunity that came about and they had to decide on how they were going to jump on that opportunity and kind of roll with it. And that's exactly what we talked to Rich Maloney about in this upcoming segment. However, before we do that, I would like to once again recognize our sponsor for this episode, CSI. CSI produces five primary software packages, SAP 2000, CSI Bridge, eTabs, Safe, and Perform 3D. Each of these programs offers unique capabilities and tools that are tailored to different types of structures and problems allowing users to find just the right solution for their work. SAP 2000 is intended for use on civil structures, such as dams, communication towers, and stadiums. CSI Bridge offers powerful parametric design of concrete and steel bridges. ETABS has been developed specifically for multi-story commercial and residential building structures, such as office towers, apartments, and hospitals. 
The SAFE system provides an efficient and powerful program for the analysis and design of concrete slabs and foundations, with or without post-tensioning. Perform 3D is a highly focused nonlinear tool offering powerful performance-based design capabilities. With CSI products, you can be confident that you have the finest structural engineering software available backed by a company with an unmatched record of innovation and an unrivaled commitment to meet the ever-evolving needs of the profession. You can learn more about them at www.csiamerica.com. All right, we're back with Rich Maloney. Rich is the discipline leader for bridges and structures at Mazer Consulting. And Rich, in our Elastic Modulus segment, we kind of like to ask our guests about either a tough time in their career where they overcame something or a big decision that they made or an opportunity that came up for them. Is there something that you can think about kind of in your career? You've been in this amusement industry for a while now, but is there something you could think about that was a transition or a shift for you? When I first came out of college, I got a job in North Jersey doing, working for a firm that specialized in tunnel construction. And I did that for four years, but it was over an hour drive from my house. I was looking for something closer. And I came across a company very close to my house that did structural engineering. And I was very excited to get a job there. But when I arrived there, I found out that they did structural engineering for amusement parks, something I never even thought about prior to that. And they started working for the local park here in New Jersey, Six Flags Great Adventure. And through reputation, they started doing work for other parks throughout the country. So when I arrived, I was supporting my boss, who was head of structures at the time, doing the structural engineering. Well, little did I know at the time, a year and a half later, he took an early retirement and moved on. And at that point, I kind of made the decision to really commit myself and kind of stepped up and took over the structural engineering for amusement rides at my company and really uh, have never looked back at that point, kind of picked up where they left off and, and continued great relationships throughout the industry and really grew our relationship throughout the entire United States. We're now 25 years later. I'm kind of entrenched in this industry with relationships and great word of mouth. So I really kind of stumbled upon this. I'm glad I did 25 years later. Definitely, it's exciting work. It's something that we definitely enjoy doing year in and year out. And a little luck there, but I think that was a big change in my career. That's interesting. And it just goes to show you, I mean, you could see from what Rich was saying, I mean, really, essentially, he was looking for a little bit of a change, a little bit of a better commute and ended up opening up an opportunity for him that he's kind of been able to take and run with. Rich, the other thing I was wondering as we were talking through all those kind of amusement projects is, have you gone on these great adventure rides yourself? Absolutely. We always test ride everything we do. I mean, as I get older, they get a little harder to ride. But no, I definitely got to do them at least once. Okay, yeah, because that Joker one sounds crazy. I mean, I just never even heard anything like it. So, No, nah, it was definitely crazy. And it definitely spun my head in every which way. We spend so much time designing them. I definitely want to get a chance to at least experience it once. I mean, Matt, for you, I know designing buildings is not as exciting maybe going inside of a building, but that's great. That sounds a lot more exciting. Like for me, it's I'll look at the buildings and it was like, oh, that's cool. I'm testing the ride. (laughs) You still get to see what you worked on, Matt, I think, which is cool for all engineers. But riding on a roller coaster is a pretty cool culmination. Yeah. Kind of actually like putting your life on the line. Hey, is this thing going to work? All right. Well, listen. Rich Maloney from Mazer Consulting, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the Structural Engineering Channel podcast. Rich, we really appreciate you diving into some of this stuff, and uh, we look forward to sharing this with a lot of structural engineers out there. No problem. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
I hope you enjoyed our interview today with Rich Maloney of Mazer Consulting. Really interesting to hear about the design of those roller coasters that we all love to go on, but how they actually are constructed. So very interesting. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, or questions. To give us that feedback, you can go to structuralengineeringchannel.com. There you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the past resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. And don't forget to check out our live upcoming webinar for the month at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Until next time, we wish you the best in all of your structural engineering endeavors.